position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which... That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know, uh, join us on Steam, and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news. We have the latest titles that we are interested in. Of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews. And then we have, of course, everyone's favorite the deals! Uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of... It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Hello, friends and neighbors. Welcome to episode 146 of the Best Linux Games Podcast, an abbreviated episode being recorded for you on this glorious Friday morning, the 11th of August, 2017, at uh, right around 9 o'clock. So that'd be uh, for our sequel friends, 2017-08-11, uh, 8.58 a.m. Pacific Time, Pacific Coast Time, the coast with the most. Crack Engineer Ivor Molina over there in the booth. Holding up the whiskey sign, and God knows we fucking need it. Thank you, Ivor, you're fired. Um, so let's get straight to our top stories. Uh, whiskey. Let's have some whiskey first. Mm. So our top stories. First off, why are we an abbreviated episode this week? Well, I have... Borkend my uh, Linux Mint 18.1 Cinnamon configuration in some crucial fucking way so I can't control um, the applets that are added to my panel for those of you who don't use Mint um, and for those of you unfamiliar with Cinnamon, Cinnamon is a desktop 
manager, desktop environment, whatever you want to call it. It's the window dressing, decoration, display, um, and window controls mechanism for, for Mint. It's the default one. It's the one I like the most. Um, although there are others that I like almost equally as well. Anyway, none of them are as broken as my current install is with Cinnamon. And according to the very helpful Mint IRC channel, um, I have to do a complete reinstall of Mint later on today and throughout the weekend. Um, and then I have to redo all my config and all of my uh, packages and stuff and figure out where the breakages may or may not lie uh, between the function, the functionality that I need from certain programs versus the evidently incalculable insufferable unholy clusterfuckitude that is PPAs it suddenly the cause celeb of all mint IRC gurus who were very helpful by the way up until the point where they told me that uh, if I it, just because I was not going to completely reinstall and was damn sure as fuck not going to strip out all my PPAs I only have like five but they're for things that I that this machine they're for, they're for programs slash functionality of those programs that are the reason behind this machine's existence, apart from bringing to you, the listener, this fine, fine, meticulously handcrafted, old-world charm, Corinthian leather podcast, um, those PPAs, all fucking five terrifying five of them, uh, which suddenly are enemy number one in Linux Mint IRC community, even after those guys told me that it was a sh- this is almost a fucking quote and if you want I have the entire log from the IRC channel they were very helpful by the way including this incredibly negative exchange where uh, one of the uh, alpha leaders uh, <laughs> who have been very helpful actually uh, told me that it was a shame to see that 15 years of Linux usage had evidently been wasted on me for refusing to go without the latest version of Blender, Make Human, and uh, I can't even—I re- can't even remember. It—it—it it, didn't—it—it it irritated me, but it didn't piss me off at all because I'm sure they have a basis in reality. Unfortunately, I've been using Mint now for fuck. I cannot remember since before 17, long before 17, I've been using Mint, I want to say, for at least four years, maybe five. And, uh, I think somewhere in those five years, there has been a complete tore up from the floor up, reinstall from scratch with no PPAs enabled, but that was a long-ass time ago, and, uh, I've deployed Mint on not just this computer, but numerous other systems um, all locally I don't run Mint on a fucking server of course not, who would do that You, you now these days you just fucking run Ubuntu uh, you know like if, if you're SSHing into your server, fucking just use Ubuntu way better anyway um, so they told me that like it was a shame 
Let me get the actual quote, and this is going to be problematic because I have really, really limited ability to open windows at this point because in trying to fix my add add to panel thing on my monitors, because all I wanted to do was add the same panel as the one I have on my left monitor to another monitor so that the overflow of Windows icons, which I've done before in other versions of Mint. Let's see. Nautilus Documents Journalism 2017. All right. And I'm pulling up the uh, Skooky Mint IRC Ask for Help 2017-08-11. By the way, I... This is the first time I think I've ever asked for help on an IRC channel for a distro that I can remember. I'm sure that maybe back in the day I may have done this for Arch, but this was the first time that, because, you know, I'm trying to fix this issue with the GUI, and I don't know Cinnamon or the internal guts of Cinnamon. I don't know the GUI. So I jumped on the IRC, you know, and uh, asked for some help. So let's search for 15... Why is there no fucking highlighting in this? Whoa, buddy. Buddy, 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 buddy. Alright. And by the way, sincerely, thank you to Mountain, MTN, and CryptoDan, something, CryptoDan Portable, for even attempting to help. They told me the right package to reinstall, but that didn't solve me and further googling which is what has eaten up the last two hours of my life by the way but anyway crypto dan portable so they gave me yeah right, fine my problems still remain and now they're worse than ever after following um some other routes um Mountain, Skooky, you need a complete reinstall and don't use those PPAs next time. I have four fucking PPAs, by the way. And I think that the actual origin for this problem, because by the way, apart from the one time that I've ever reinstalled, nuked from scratch, more or less, after writing a fairly robust um, set of scripts that I actually expanded on as my basic non-chef, non-puppet um desktop daily driver backup scripts. This included this pulled and compiled and saved and stored like all my dpackage information that I, you know, all the packages that I had installed, all my PPAs, the um, partitions and the disk names from both Block ID and Inksy and what was the other one? Anyway, and then pulled all my cron scripts, pulled my bash RC, pulled um, my uh, X or uh, my X my X conf from etc X eleven, um, all that shit, and got the driver versions that I was using, um, along with a bunch of other stuff, and then create a nice little very compact directory where. If you had to nuke your install, basically everything you could need, more or less, to prevent a 
the horrible, horrible, sick dance the three week long initially to get back to basic functionality but realistically lifetime of the long term support version of the distro until finally it's back to exactly as it was across all the applications and all the little things you need anyway only had to do that one time ever with Mint um, and yes it was a pain in the ass but with my little script it instead of it being a six month process it was more like a six hour process um really weeding through the D-package, you know, uh, what's installed script, and then commenting out the lines that I thought might be borker, you know, breaking stuff before just executing the whole thing as a fucking batch. That's, that, that was really the challenge. But if you have, like, in the back of your mind, like, oh, what are the last 15, 20, maybe massive changes I've done to my system that may have broke broke something... In, in your head, what packages did I install what did I reconfigure, what did I fuck up um basically it's pretty it's pretty trivial, you just comment out those guys you know or in my case, after you do that then, then you just install all of them it takes you know like an hour and a half for app get to or even better if you have the patience for the pernicious one's aptitude to resolve the dependencies, but Huge topic, not the subject of our show. Anyway, I've never needed to... I've needed to reinstall Mint because I have, you know, I'm running a 20 terabyte ZFS array. There are eight hard drives inside of this machine that I'm recording on right now, actually. It's just fucking nuts. I realized this a couple of uh, days ago uh, during uh, the OBS. Actually, it wasn't OBS's fault, but it was related to me installing OBS and stuff um, the OBS holy shit uh, driver scare in which I could not get uh, my X config not not, not, not not my config, uh, I couldn't get NVIDIA to recognize the right set of drivers in Mint, but anyway, which ultimately led me to fixing that and then I was like, oh look, 18.1 18.1, Mint 18.1 I like it, let's do it and I did it, and it's great um, in fact, it's the best version of Mint I've used so far, except that I'm having this problem with Cinnamon, which kind of sucks and so I'm preparing to reinstall from fresh, but anyway going back to this IRC thing never before so the one time that was a partial reinstall because I got like, you know, my home on a f- has its own 4 terabyte drive and partition that is away from the SSDs that control the SSD that controls my operating system, my, you know forward slash down, my file system, my root all that shit, is on an SSD It's like a, I think it's a 256 megabyte SSD um, that also ha- and then the other six the other five, oh god by the way, here's a great command for those of you who don't know it and I only learned it about uh, two and a half years ago. Inxi, I-N-X-I space hyphen F. And you can also get this where where the output is anonymized, and then you can pipe it directly into Pastebin by doing Inxi... Uh, hang on, let's see. I can't remember. Let's see. Man. Inxi. Inxi gives you broad overview of everything that's on your system from hardware to like all the stuff that you would get from Uname 
Um, so it gives you your operating system. It gives you what you know version of the kernel you're running. It breaks down all your hard drives. You know, it shows you what drive is mapped to which letter and what Linux sees it as and what you know file system uh, it's using. Like, but what's really cool? It also gives you detail. It it can give you very fine, granular information from the broad scope of a single command. If, for instance, you want to know specific things about which display adapter are you using, um, what what what's the what's the name of that adapter? You know, all that information you can get from Inksy. In fact, you can get everything technically from Inksy, and it's so great because it's what most forms use. And I'm this was not just because of IRC, my Mint 18 IRC adventure, which we will return to. Evidently, it's gonna be a five hour long show, Ivor, because I'm afraid to reboot. I'm afraid to even pause this recording. We're gonna lose everything. Everything must go. It's a fire sale. Um, let's see. Uh, where? Uh, let's see. Uh huh. What were we looking for? We were looking for... Okay, yeah. So if you run Inksy with uh, Inksy hyphen capital F, which is full, and then... uh, What the fuck? Since when did they change this to... Hang on, we're I'm looking at the man page. Which is great. Let's see. I wanna anon. Huh. Shows us under the advanced options as hyphen uh exclamation point, but I remember it not being that. Um I don't post my Inksy output to forms, but the bottom line is you can even get output from Inksy that is pre-anonymized. Uh, so, like, you know, your system name, your username, other sensitive types of information will be stripped from the output of Inksy, even using the full... Um, let's, let me make sure that... Because that's crazy. Let's see. Inksy hyphen F... That's dash, capital F, exclamation point. No, that's not right. Yeah, exactly. I wonder what happened to... Hang on, let's find this out. Because my browser still works. Yeah, B, Inksy... What the fuck is C? Oh, that's just one line? Okay, yeah, it's condensed. Print hard drive predictions, optical drive details, network interface configurations, show distro, specific repository data, which is great, that's the R flag. Um, print full information. 
capital F I gives the IP address information hyphen X gives you the details of individual options so it's like the extended but uh where the what the fuck is the flag Jesus Christ, this pisses me off. Um. Oh, is it Z? Like I said, I'm not even kidding when I say that I'm terrified to pause or stop this recording. We are kind of on a death ship, especially because okay, I'm preparing anyone to... Anyone having problems posting their... Uh, Who is talking? ...data into the thread. Um, so I'll just demonstrate it as quick as... Okay. Man Inksy Z. This show uh yes, okay, so it is Z because Inksy this is from the man page. Because Inksy I N X I, by the way. You can get it on any Linux Distro Arch, you know, Pac-Man, you know, Inksy totally <coughs> totally there. All Debian-based systems, Inksy's always there, um, in, you know, the official repos for... Yeah, we're gonna go seven hours, Ivor, I know. I, I'm, I'm in the mood to talk, and we're, we're balls deep into this. So, according to the man page, because Inksy is often used on forums for support, you can also trigger this filtering with the hyphen Z option. Example, hyphen capital F Z. So, dash capital F Z, which is full, um stripped of information that might may or may not uniquely identify you slash violate basic privacy and security best practices for your system filters out automatically like your network card your mac addresses uh wan and lan ip your uh the username of the uh current uh home directory um and some other stuff which is great because that means all you have to do is inksy space dash capital F lowercase z space let me see if it actually works because I did this earlier but I they gave it to me the guy who was helping me gave me a particularly fucked up command it looked like uh, it had like a hex value in it but it did give all my repositories which was great and automatically post them to pastebin Pastebin. So, inksy space hyphen capital F lowercase z space pipe space pastebin. Enter. Warning is awesome. It generates in the terminal a standard URL. It goes to gist.github.com with a unique pastebin identifier. You can copy that link and open it or just copy that link and send it to anyone and uh, there's really what type of information? Mm. I have to take this Prilosec before I die Mm. so there are ways to get all this stuff from Uname, Block ID LSPCI, other stuff let me just read you 
the first line for system, system colon host, Farnum, which is a mistake, but that's the name of my, of this machine, should be Farnum, but I fucked up the typo to begin with, and it never got changed, Farnum, kernel, 4.4.0, uh, dash 91, dash generic, x86, underscore 64, 64 bit, desktop, this is something you may or may not be able to pull from Uname, depending on your distro, and depending on the options you run Uname with. Desktop, Cinnamon 3.2.7. Distro, this is something that you can get from Uname, but you have to know exactly the way to get it, and it's not the same across Debian, Ubuntu, Mint, Elementary OS, Arch, I might be wrong. It's been a while since I I wrote I had to write a configuration script that pulled a lot of this information from Uname about three years ago before I knew about Inksy. Distro Linux Mint 18.1 Serena. If you're like me and you're getting fucking old, dude, the last like five releases of Linux Mint, I can't remember what the one was before 18.1, but it was like Sarah, Serena. And 18.2 is like Serenity or something. They're all S's. It's not like Ubuntu, which, as perverse and psychotic as their, uh, we, we name it like a hurricane, uh, revolving around the al- alphabet, um, like, you know, uh, Intrepid Ipex or whatever the fuck, or, uh, God, I can't remember the last. Ubuntu. Anyway, that's how they do their naming convention. Anyway, Mint 18, Mint, in its infinite wisdom, seems to just all name them with a, for like last year, everything starts with an S, so it's quadruply confusing, especially once you get old. Linux Mint 18.1 Serena. Machine, System, Asus, Product, All Series, because I made it myself. Mobo, Asus Tech, Model, Z97 Deluxe USB 3.1, Version, Revision, one, uh, Rev 1.XX, BIOS, American Megatrends, version 2702, date 10-27-2015. Now, forgiving the fact that that is not a sequel timestamp, meaning it is inferior and impure and must be destroyed, that already is an amazing amount of high-detailed system introspection from a hardware and operating system perspective to get from one fucking command that you can pipe automatically to pastebin with anonymous, anonymous shit. It's not going to say, and the past... Oh, here's the shadow. <laughs> anyway. Um, but check this out. It gets better. CPU. Quad-core. Intel Core i7. 4790K. Hyphen HT. Hyphen MCP. Hyphen. Cache. 8,192 kilobytes. Clock speeds, max, 4,400 megahertz. One, 3,929 megahertz. Two, 4,006 megahertz. Three, 3,937 megahertz. Four, 4,029 megahertz. Five, and so on, all the way through eight. Um, all of them are about 4,000 megahertz. Graphics, card, NVIDIA device LC82, which is code for 1050 Ti. Uh, and by code, I mean that in maybe six more months, NVIDIA will actually update the way uh, the 1050Ti identifies itself to Linux-based systems, so that it's not LC8.2, but it's always LC8.2, you can Google it. 
Um, display server, x.org 1.18.4, drivers NVIDIA unloaded, FPDev VESA Nouveau. Awesome. Resolution, 1920 by 10, uh, 1080 at 60 hertz. 19- and then it gives all of my monitors with their resolution and uh, their uh, and the uh, wait, hang on, where, where is it? GLX renderer GeForce GTX 1050Ti slash PCIe slash SSE2 GLX version 4.5.0 NVIDIA 384.59 audio card 1 gives all the details card 2 Intel 9 series family HD audio controller that's the onboard driver SND underscore HDA underscore Intel card 3 Logitech webcam C93E driver USB audio card 4 blue microphones Yeti stereo microphone that I'm talking to you on now driver USB audio sound advanced Linux sound architecture version K4.4.0 hyphen 91 hyphen generic network and then it goes through the same type of granularity Now, I haven't been on Windows in about 10 years. I mean, like, I've been interstitially on when I was playing uh, virtual reality games last night on the Vive on my Windows machine because I had to play Gorn because Gorn is awesome. And uh, so I can't remember what the fuck um, my tool was when, oh, hang on. We're going to pause this because I'm getting a phone call. Hello? Yeah. Hi. Uh, Best Links Games Podcast. Uh, Seth speaking. Hello? Hello? Oh, yeah, there you are. Best Linux Games Podcast. Uh, Scooby Sprite speaking. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I've wor- No, Ivor Molina no longer works here. Uh, he was fired. Um, I may ask who... No, he... No, I believe... Yeah, tragic, uh, self ex- ex- autoerotic... Ex- I'm sorry, who are you calling from again? I'm sorry, you broke up. Susan! Oh. A best collection. No, yeah, Ivor Molina, um, you know, yeah, he was fired early this morning. Um, but anyway, I'm in the middle of recording a show. Can you please call back, uh, sometime outside of business hours when, yeah, outside of, I'm recording a show, right? You're on the internet, radio, web. Anyway, it's complicated. No, I don't know where, I have no, no. I I don't know where Ivar went. I know that I fired him. I fired him less than an hour ago. Yeah, tragic death. Tragic death. Ivor Molina M-O-L-I-N. Yeah. Anyway, can you please call back uh, sometime uh, outside of business hours when, you know, we're closed? Uh, and remember... Uh, yeah, no, that'll be great. Sure. Call back any other time than now. Um, and, uh... Yeah. No, it's Scooby Sprite. Yeah, owner and proprietor. Um, please remember to call back either with good news or money. Uh, yes, thank you. Excellent. I'll be sure next time I see him to let him know. Yeah. Yeah, I'll let him know that. Okay, yeah. Yeah, sure. You can find him in the morgue. Uh, DOA, John Doe, Totag. Um, thank you, Susan, so much. Uh, I gotta go. Die in a fire. Bye bye. Okay, sorry about that. Um, but anyway. Can't remember what the name of the program was when I used to work on Windows systems literally 20 years ago. This is XP Service Pack 3 era. Um, there was a one unifying Swiss Army tool that would give me the hardware and more or less what I needed to know 
um, driver information and it was not built into Windows, of course. Um, in one screen, with one command, uh, I can't remember what it's called, because like I said, it's 20 years ago. Inksy does that and way better. So, back to the IRC. Yes, I have or No, the collection agency called for you again. They think that... No, they got... Actually, they confused you with me, which is funny. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I use your name on all those credit card applications. And your social security number. And, uh... No, I told them that, that you asphyxiated yourself. Tragic autoerotic asphyxiation boating. Anyway, back to the show. So, back to my Mint 18.1 IRC Odyssey this morning. Um... I was like, thank you all so much. Crypto Dan, I know what to reinstall now. Uh... The pack, the specific package name. That's all that matters to me. Sorry if that seems to you that I have wasted your time. Only 15 years of Linux on this end. LOL. But gooey stuff? Hell if I know. Rage. So I came, I asked. I got an answer and I'm very grateful to you all. Cheers all. And that resulted in... By the way, if you want to inksy, you know, your full system information along with um, any PPAs you have running on your system, along with some other stuff, Inksy dash capital F X X X C O C zero space pipe paste bin. Crazy. I did not know that paste bin was built in to the terminal in this way. It's really fucking cool. That's super helpful. But anyway, so everyone admire my system Mountain, my main man said, replied to my last comment with Skooky, really if you need lots of newer different software just use a rolling distro and that would be great except I like Mint and I already told them that until the AUR and the Debian fucking ethos slash Ubuntu ethos specifically and the package management software and everything else merged into one supreme godhead that combined the best of the documentation and and information from the AUR that's the Arch User Repository along with the way and ease of use that Debian and slash Ubuntu Debian slash Ubuntu works with um, PPAs until that happens I'm not, I can't remove the PPAs, CryptoDan, Portable Skooky, Mint, MetaCinnamon Reinstall won't do anything with many PPAs I have four PPAs. Everyone backs up CryptoDan. CryptoDan replies a few, minute, few minutes later, I didn't say anything. It might even make your computer unusable, Skooky. Yeah, okay. Look, I'm going to tell you, the listeners, I know we're not trying to, I'm not trying to yell at these guys. These guys were incredibly helpful. And they do have a point. Up to a point. But I just wanted to fucking be able to do my panels and I have never had to fully purge all of my PPAs and completely reinstall Linux Mint. In fact, I can't remember the last time I had to do a complete reinstall of anything. I mean, complete reinstall. Tore from the floor up. Reinstall of anything. Especially not since over a year ago when I parked my home to its own fucking four terabyte drive. Um, Before that, it had probably been two years. Ooh, maybe more. 
Um, but anyway, uh, Crypto Dan, seriously appreciate the thoughtful concern for my VP8. Oh, yeah. You want to talk about fucking major problems? Those long-term listeners to the show. I know, we'll get to Linux gaming eventually, maybe. Because there is something really fucking huge that happened this week, actually, within the last 18 hours that we should talk about. But, I can't get over this, and this may be our last broadcast. This might be our final time together, friends. So, I want to use these valuable precious seconds before we go to nuclear war with North Korea. Um to really fill you in on every fucking inane detail of my interaction on IRC with helpful meaning people she's like it might even make your computer unusable Skooky oh yeah you have me shaking with terror um real hardcore blue balls numb nuts fucking feet cackled in the curled up position like a dried up dead Norway dick under a sheet of snow after having junkie overdose from fucking bleach and heroin. Oh, don't cut your heroin with bleach. Makes your toes curl and then you die. Not until you feel every bone in your feet a cracking as you break them because your muscle system is no longer operating under autopilot from your central nervous system. It's a horrible thing to see horrible, look, I got YouTube videos of it, yeah, here, check it out anyway, so yeah, ooh I don't know anyone who's used Linux especially not for as long as I have especially for 15 fucking years, and I did tell them prior to this, that for 10 years I've been Linux only I found and continue to find new and astonishing ways to completely break my system and the learning process in that If and that's what it is it sucks, it's learning by pain like ah, welcome to the monastery you will now get 60 fucking buckets of well water that you will carry uphill every morning before our lessons begin then your punishment for being late to lessons is to stick your fist in broken glass as Joe Jokimon Kendall would say after five years of this you will learn the lizard maneuver and then we will see if you are even worthy as a student after 15 years if you do not die perhaps then you will learn to walk across the rice paper carrying the scalding pot between your forearms without leaving a single impression, and then you must leave the monastery forever. So, it might even make your computer unusable, Skooky. Oh, yeah, really? Let me talk to you about terror. Long-term listeners of the show from about five months ago might remember my UEFI magical learning experience where I found out that on my MOBO, the UEFI registers for the UEFI hard drive partitions, which are all of them, more or less, it's the entire architecture of what is what on my system, are cleared after five, I think it was five uh, five reset button hard resets without them being refreshed. Every time that you restart this particular motherboard, it needs to ping and locate these 
hard stored on the mobile fucking UEFI locations that you cannot there's no way to like update them there is no interface for this there is no way it's not like you know switching um it's not like pointing via grub to a different kernel or whatever these are UEFI this happens in the background it also happens silently invisibly and is not reported anywhere in any BIOS screen well when those were gone when those UEFI when all my hard drives were no longer recognized by, by my BIOS that was a problem took me about fucking three days of literally 24 hours a day for three days to learn about UEFI on the BIOS and how to rebuild those registries etc literally 3 days, 24 hours a day 24 hours a day Oh, well over 72 hours and there was only one fucking blog post forum post ever in the entire universe took forever to drill down there's nothing worse than a problem that you can't see to name it the only thing worse than that is a problem that you can't see to name it that completely destroys your system makes it look like you actually have fried your motherboard or maybe are causing some sort of weird short because Mobo can't detect fuck all from fuck I just dropped my lighter and my whiskey I blame you Ivor I'm going to call Susan back from the collections agency give her give her your SSN See if there's a bounty on turning you in. Anyway, that was a fucking... That was one of the hardest technical Linux system administration tasks slash problems. Totally unexpected blah and totally not something that was documented at the time. I don't know if it is now. But how to fix it? Oh, that was a learning process itself even once I got from that one post by this one guy who made one utility that basically... Anyway. That was a big one. It had probably been... Since before I had switched to Linux exclusively around 2005, 2006, something like that. It was like Ubuntu... Can you remember? It was on my uh, EPC, my my little pink EPC, Dr. Death, one of my favorite computers. Anyway, that was a fucking problem. Because, oh, well, there is no grub. There is no hard drives. In fact, you can barely get into the BIOS half the time. Uh, computer won't boot up half the time. Uh, brand new power source, brand not not brand brand new motherboard, but you know, three months burnt in works fine. Great RAM, seat the RAM, reseat the RAM, check all the connections, unplug everything except for one SSD. Fine, swap out that one SSD for a different fucking spinning rust hard drive. Can't get, can't tell the BIOS to fucking detect the fucking USB stick. That was a problem, especially for a problem with no name no description, and something I had never seen before. In the immortal words of our great hero, Juanita Fisher, JuanitaFisher.com The truth is out there, and it's real. To paraphrase the moral of one of Juanita Fisher's greatest system administrator, Soho, troubleshooting paradoxes and, uh, 
diagnostic epic war stories well the problem it turned out was after three months after like two months turned out that the problem why all the DNS addresses were changing and why all this shit was happening randomly and why there were no logs when there should be logs from that period was the cleaning lady who unplugged the entire server rack at 3 in the morning in the server room literally took that power cable out of the wall to plug in her vacuum cleaner every Tuesday and Saturday at you know 4 o'clock in the morning at variable times depending on her workload (laughs) this made troubleshooting that network problem very difficult it was a process that's what the UEFI problem I had with my drives was like so it might even make your computer unusable unusable Skooky which I appreciate and by the way I'm not yelling at these people they were very helpful didn't ultimately work but the the funny thing is my reply was Crypto Dan Seriously, appreciate the thoughtful concern for my PPAs, and I'm perfectly willing to accept the risk of borking the system. How do you think I've been running Linux all these years, Raffle? I am not afraid. Sysadmin's famous last words, Raffle. And... CryptoDan Portable replied with, Skooky, then don't expect public help. Okay, I wasn't aware that um, in order to get help, for the default desktop environment that ships with Linux Mint, it required both a clean install with no PPAs and uh, am I allowed to have any software on there? What version of Python do I need to have? Is it okay if I run Python you know, via environment? Anyway, I'm not trying to be such a dick. But anyway, it goes on. Mountain replied to Crypto Dan, Skooky, I sure hope you are not a system admin. Meet a mountain. Yikes. Well, I got what I came for. And yes, in fact, I are dollar sign ellipse here and elsewhere, Raffle. Thanks again. Uh, And there is one last thing. Crypto Dan replied to that with Skooky, if you are serious about stability, then don't use PPAs and take advice from us experts. 15 years of Linux use and still a novice. What a shame. I didn't get pissed off or butthurt. I found it hilarious. That's the exact tone that people who are afraid that consultants who are there to fix problems that they don't know how to fix use when they don't know how to do their job and are afraid to say oh I see your point or how does that work actually anyway including that which if it happened in a game context would have sent me apoplectically berserk for literally 24 hours or until getting stoned off of legal weed which I buy here in Las Vegas recreational it's great fuck you Nixon I'm going to read this again CryptoDan underscore portable. And by the way, not yelling at these people, thank you, CryptoDan and Mountain and everyone in the Mint IRC uh, chat room for, because I don't know what the, I didn't know that it was Mint hyphen, uh, or Meta hyphen Mint hyphen Cinnamon or whatever. 
even though that didn't fix anything, um, I wouldn't have even known where to find that package name. But let me read this one more time. Skooky, colon, if you are serious about stability, then don't use PPAs and take advice from us experts. No punctuation here. 15 years of Linux use and still a novice. What a shame. I'll read you my reply. If I had one. CryptoDan, can't ditch those PPAs essential for the work functions performed on this machine specifically. Am I to forego Blender? Am I to ditch Make Human? I don't need Handbrake? Sorry, I have failed the greater Linux community evidently and brought shame to my family and all who use the dojo with using PPAs and Mint. And I apologize to the greater Nix universe for wasting over 15 years of my life living in the delusion that I can has Nix and actually know what I'm doing. Um, thank you all again. And that was it. Oh, CryptoDan replied to that with, Skooky, then use Ubuntu or Arch. What are we even talking about at this point? It doesn't matter. They were helpful and for reals, I've never apart from liquid soap and some packages throughout, you know, the last 10 years have I gotten such quick and relatively courteous I would say that those replies were discourteous and I would say that the suggestion that I have to wipe my disk after removing all the PPAs and reinstall fresh is for any real system administrator, anyone who runs workstations and who has a daily driver and eats their own dog food yeah, that's gonna happen right after I have absolutely no fucking resort and after 15 years, I got lots of last resorts I prefer the command line (laughs) control alt F4 is my best friend um So the bottom line is, Mint 18.1, great operating system, still my favorite uh, distro. Overall, uh, not the most helpful suggestions, but they tried, and they were fairly dickish, but they tried. Kind of. They tried their best. I mean, it was a super awesome attempt for someone who is not part of the community in terms of the IRC chat rooms, etc. It was a good faith effort. I took it with great amounts of humor. I thought, I'm just highlighting this now more so out of humor. Now, can we, really, because it's kind of funny and kind of the exact opposite of the way to solve someone's problem. It's a very Windows... XP pre-service pack anything kind of way to have you tried reinstalling Windows XP yet? No, Margie, I haven't because I need to get to the spreadsheet and I need to get into Windows to do that and the reinstall process if the install process that I completed 18 hours ago is any indicator I have to get off work in three hours. It'll be done by 10 o'clock tonight if I read and I'll lose everything. You know, blah. Um, that's a fairly Windows-esque type. Oh yeah, just remove all your PPAs and reinstall the entire entire distro. We can't tell you how to fix anything. 
Trust me, I have fixed distros from Arch, Ubuntu, back to Arch, and through many versions of Mint. I have fixed incredibly fucked uh, installs of those four distros. Red Hat, fuck you. Red Hat, not worth it. I hate Red Hat, by the way. Even on a server, it pisses me off. If I have to... Yum? What the fuck? This has got... No! Okay. For a client, I will use Red Hat. No complaints. But, uh, you know, CentOS, whatever. No, just fucking use Ubuntu, goddammit, on your servers. Way better. Bigger fucking application compatibility. Everyone builds Ubuntu slash Debian. Fucking great long-term support. Blah, 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 blah. And even though it is technically, even if you just use Ubuntu, not even like Ubuntu Headless or Ubuntu Server or anything like that, trivial to write a script the next time you spin one up, like on DigitalOcean or even just in virtualization, if you want to get really good, test your scripts. Um, it's really easy to more or less... Uh, write a three-line script that'll fucking spin up a lamp stack, blah, blah, blah. And then remind you of the other check. Anyway, what I'm trying to say here is, no, the answer is not, it's a very un-Linux answer. Remove all your PPAs, which was not even towards the end, not even, they only, that was only a contingent factor in two of their points. It was a crucial key factor to them which is, okay, a more helpful way of saying that would have been, well, back up, you know, your sources.lst or whatever, or, yeah, sources.list or whatever, back up your PPA list, comment everything out, and then, you know, do thing X, Y, and Z, which literally would have taken three sentences instead of 16 words, but would have been actually helpful. But it's a very Windows thing to say, I am a Linux user, motherfucker. I don't reinstall the whole fucking shit show just because of one fucking hiccup with some fucking, you know, Tickle or GTK fucking library and a buggy fucking version that shipped with uh, this distro of a desktop environment. No siree, my friends. That's not how we have all these monitors up and running and not how we've been playing games on Linux for these three years, as documented on the show. No, that's that's a Windows way of doing things. I came there specifically because I don't know 18.1 at all, and I don't know, actually, the how to run Cinnamon other than service MDM, stop, start, you know, blah, 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 to upgrade drivers and shit. I didn't... And, you know, Cinnamon-settings... I don't know how to get to this shit from the terminal. Thought that maybe it was a known bug, maybe an easy fix, but no. Nope, I am evidently, I've wasted 15 years of and that's actually an understatement because I've been on Linux since 1997, I want to say. At the latest, 1998, because it was Linux Mandrake. Um, So that's 20 years. Anyway, that didn't happen without me, one, breaking everything and starting with Linux Mandrake in which I had to learn everything about hard, about hard drives, what their geometry looks like in terms of console output and how to rebuild drive entries based on cylinders 
and how to sniff out that information. It took me three months. It was my only system. This is not, this is during an era where a computer, even one capable only of running a TTY or, you know, command line or terminal or, you know, no GUI, no X session, X hadn't been invented, no desktop environment at all, no mouse support, just terminal. Um, that computer, a computer to run even just that was literally, literally the today equivalent of 6000 maybe $7,000. So this is my only computer in the house. So, by the way, the simple problem with that was no one told me in the Mandrake manual, whatever you do, do not power off your system without you mounting all of your mounted drives. This is not like Windows, even though we're trying to make it just like Windows. U-mount is important because that means your drives are mounted and they are still spinning. So if you press the power button to hard cut the power at the case without unmounting those, you will fuck up your drives and will be entering. Smokey, this is not NOM. There are rules. You are entering into a world of pain. Over the line, mark it a zero. Do not press the power. Well, I spent three to six months learning that lesson, and it was indeed not just a valuable lesson in and of itself, but all of the stuff that I learned about computing during it, without the internet, at the library, incredibly valuable. Anyway, so, shall we get on? Ivor, yeah, I'm gonna call Susan back in a minute. Ivor, shall we get on with whatever tiny bit of Linux gaming we're gonna squeeze in here. Alright, so we're breaking the format entirely with this fucking rant about Mint 18 and support forums in IRC, and these guys did a great job on IRC. They're all volunteers. They were a little snotty, especially considering how supercilious and grateful I was. Um... Super snotty, though, to hear that from a guy who doesn't know me. Oh, by the way, everyone who looked at my pastebin of my Inksy output was like, whoa, that is a fucking rad system. Love the build. Anyway, yeah, you don't have 20 terabytes in a ZFS array (laughs) without knowing a little bit of what you're doing to the point where I would be hesitant to say to anyone who wasn't an asshole uh, yeah, it's sad that you're 15 years still a novice user. Hmm. Hmm. Little dickish. Whatever. Thank you very much to those guys. So, we're breaking the format. I'm just gonna talk about the biggest piece of news. No column this week. No feature this week. No deals this week. Not even any new and noteworthy. Except for this. And oh. Oh, what a new and noteworthy title. It is. Oh, no. I can't get... Oh, no. There we go. There we go. Thank you, Ivan. I was a North American fall when worming my yeah, former life. Here, send the black here are the newest I got, I and most noteworthy titles from this week. 15k? That's a bounty? Yeah. Oh, sorry, Ivan. Just, uh, just talking to uh, my accountant, Susan. So, our new and noteworthy this week truly is a... N- unbelievably fucking momentous. Uh, 
New and noteworthy game. And then we have another new and noteworthy thing. Those of you who may remember the internet circa 2004-ish might recall a game called The Kingdom of Loathing, an adventurer is you, Victor Lee. In Kingdom of Loathing, a PHP-based pseudo turn-based massively multiplayer role-playing game all driven by PHP and stick figure sketches taken from a notebook that were hand-drawn, not in the sense of on a digital tablet or using, you know, GIMP or anything, but literally hand-drawn on notebook paper and then scanned in and then blah. All running PHP magnificently uh, with a market economy and an endless basic quest mode with a huge hilarious premise. The Kingdom of Loathing an adventure is you where once upon a time I Skooky Sprite as Invisible Dan once fucking sought the glory of Mr. A's. I was a disco bandit with a fucking diamond studded pimp cane as I ventured into horrifying locations fearing the dreaded race car Bob and the even worse Bob race car hunting pursuing and being pursued by an MC Escher like linguistic turns and reverses and constant beginnings of endings the dreaded taco cat which is the same as the taco cat as I descended into the depths of the spooky forest to get more spooky sticks fueled by my own moxie powers, disco banditry, and with my trusty familiar, uh, I need love, a blood-faced volleyball by my side. I would venture into the spooky forest to get spooky sticks to harvest them and sell them in the game's online persistent uh, market economy. And then, with my spooky sticks unloaded, I would then gather the required ingredients from the market of loathing, the mall of loathing, actually, which is which came in about a year after I'd started. I would venture into the mall of loathing and visit other people's stores and buy the required ingredients to assemble as many fucking fuzz bumps as I could because booze here means one thing. It means magic and magic means buffs and buffs mean more turns. And then I would donate and get another Mr. A. Oh, the beautiful Mr. A. The finest accessory to ever be worn on any non pimp non-1970s blaxploitation film chain around the neck of any human being Mr. A's Mr. Accessories with their gold and shining universal buffs across all of your stats and then once again I would plunge forward exploring terrifying locales fraught with hilarious hilarious descriptions filled with items and loot equally hilarious and I would combine, I would find and gather materials, combine them, and turn them into hats. Everything from meat to ravioli. Meat, by the way, the universal currency of the blessed kingdom of loathing. KOL, an adventurer is you. I would search tirelessly or until my turns and fuzz bumps ran out. My daily allotment of turns and fuzz bumps, even extended with fuzz bumps, uh, must save one more turn for one more fuzz bump. Yeah, 16 nights of turns, yay! Ah, then, then we would venture further and further and further and further and further into the insidiously elaborate, highly detailed pen without the benefit of ever having sketched out an outline of anything, 
notebook composition notebook style big ballpoint pen glorious illuminated map that defined all of the regions of the kingdom of loathing through which I was questing and exploring all in search of the sacred victory to prove finally that an adventure is me knowing all the while that of course the adventure never ends or did it I don't know but I spent two years on kingdom of loathing yes friends and neighbors it was an incredible game I even reviewed it in Kill Everything in print, Kill Everything was my one of my print was my print video game column. Let's see if we can pull that up. CD documents find no actually no it's whoa let's just do Nautilus. One moment. Here it is. I'll read to you from this. I love it when he reads me from the papers. This is my column for... Woo! My column for the paper 2004, September the 2nd. Brace yourselves, death monkeys. We're going on an adventure, an adventure. So this was over 13 years ago that we've been without the kingdom. I played it for two years. I played it for another nine months after this column ran. An adventure is you, by the way, was the headline that it eventually ran with. Underneath some of the best art to ever appear in LVCL, ever, it was a high-resolution JPEG of a stick figure holding a martini glass in one hand, a sword in the other, with a just a normal smiley face stick figure circular head expression an adventure is you become all you can be in the kingdom of loathing become a disco bandit unleash your mighty powers of magic and culinary dominance as a sorcerer sorcerer whip up concoctions what were the other ah, seal clubber yes become a mighty warrior and club to death the innocent baby seals on which your might powers are based your high attack ah yes the kingdom of loathing an adventurer is you we're going on an event I'm reading from this old column we're going on an adventure an adventure that will drive us all to the brink of madness I should also this ties into our other new and noteworthy this week which is about books about video games specifically story bundle um, which I've, which they have been gracious enough to allow me to participate in, and for which, for reals this time, the complete, over two hundred percent more edition of Blue Wizards about to die, version two point the Sorcerer's Revenge, digital ebook will be available eventually. It includes all of my Kill Everything columns in order in the appendices, including all of the game reviews that I wrote for IGN and other outlets, including other columns that were not necessarily uh, review columns, but were about the game industry, video game trends, etc. In chronological order from those years, it is over two and a half times longer than the original book with those materials, including all new revamped 
opinion stuff, and this review is, of course, in that digital ebook, which is still coming, I swear to God. And hopefully, Story Bundle might let me in again to participate with some of the best authors covering video games. Anyway, back to Kingdom of Loathing. We will do battle with demented sub-assistant knob goblin, goblin mad scientist, fearsome bug bars, and ordinary bar, but with an error in its coding. And even the dreaded scary clown. But do not be afraid. We will have items and equipment to aid us and weaponry to kill and smash things with. Items like the powerful mullet wig, the diamond-studded pimp cane, and the stuffed shoulder parrot. Weapons like the Kentucky Fried Meat Sword, the Spooky Stick, and the Deadly Can of Maces. Indeed, we shall be powerful. Can you feel me on this one, brothers and sisters in slaughter? Can you fucking feel me? Can you dig it? I speak to you of the Kingdom of Loathing, one of the greatest massively multiplayer online role-playing games ever created. Ma MMORPG is a misnomer in Call's case, but did have a market economy, and so it, and it was real-time market economy that was player-determined, supply and demand, etc. So, and it had a huge number of users, I was on it for over 18 months. So about eh, nine months before writing this review and about a little under a year after this. Uh, if you haven't heard of it already, then you've heard of it now. If I can leave you with one thought from this article, it would simply to be to, it would simply be to go simply be to go to www.kingdomofloathing.com right now. Sign up and start playing. It's free. Here's the deal. I haven't been to kingdomofloathing.com but, uh, anyway. Kingdom of Loathing Call is a free web-based role-playing game utterly unlike anything your mind could possibly comprehend. In it, you take on the role of one of several different character classes and, well, you fucking adventure. The game is enormous and unending, and just in case you haven't figured it out already, incredibly difficult to describe. This is due mainly in part to the fact that the only graphics used in the game are primitive stick-figure drawings and simple line art. Also... Also in a stick figure style. Visually, the game looks as if it was ripped from the notebooks of an intensely imaginative, profoundly disturbed middle schooler. This is part of what makes the game so much fun. Because the art style is so simple and sparse, the descriptive blurbs that accompany every item, enemy, and location, along with the narrative portions of combat outcomes, um, oh, and plot points, sorry, my, I have just got sweat in my eyes, plot points, are laugh out loud funny. If you can imagine an old text-based adventure game like Zork, but with pictures and other human characters, then you can come close to picturing the gameplay in Kingdom of Loathing. Augment this sparse design concept with hundreds and hundreds of inventory items and enemies, and you'll get a step closer to what the game is like. Still, this would do nothing to impart the game's utterly insane sense of humor, which is kind of, kind of like Money Python crossed with Adult Swim's Cartoon Network shows, like Aqua Teen Hunger Force, which is still brand new back then. The character classes, for instance, include types like Disco Bandit, Seal Clubber, and Sorcerer. The currency of Call Universe is meat. Booze stands in as a replacement for magical potions. Most things can be combined to make other more powerful things, and nearly anything, from turtles to ravioli, can be worn as a hat. The game world is so enormous and filled with so many insane items and adventures that it really is pointless to try to describe any of it at all, ever, especially in this column. But I digress. Take my familiar, my magical assistant, for instance. I named him... I need love. He's a two-pound, blood-faced volleyball. According to the descriptive window that pops up when I click on him, a blood-faced volleyball is just that, a volleyball with a face made out of blood. The description ends adding, it looks around 
smiling at things. All of this is in glorious black and white, by the way. The game also has a full-fledged market economy. You can engage other players in trade through a chat system, an open market, or even by setting up a store in the Mall of Loathing. Prices fluctuate with demand. So many people now play the game that Cole is actually suffering from uh, desperate inflation. Are you beginning to get a sense of how enormous this is? Literally, it wasn't until Minecraft that I would really see... Eve, yes, Eve had a market economy that was this elaborate and stuff, but it was too diffuse over too many different locations with not enough player density and so supply and demand got distorted just through dispersion and the fact that Eve was a game designed to bilk you out of money by making you wait constantly. It wasn't until Minecraft that I saw a market economy that was this free market and this fully functional and uh, that was on my Minecraft server IHC. So, well I could go on and on but I won't. Just go check it out. Message Invisible Dan my old pre well one of my old handles me if you want to trade until then kill everything and adventure is you fuzz bumps away until victory now what locations could you visit in the kingdom of loathing well there was a fearsome palindome where race car bob and bob race car and taco cat and taco cat and other palindorific Ah, uh, mighty, fearsome foes dwelt. There was also the orc chasm. This terrifying orc-infested Grand Canyon oddly gash-shaped like line drawing of somewhat similar to maybe a prepubescence concept of a, of a, of a woman's vagina. But no, it could be only coincidence. The Orc Chasm! And many other characters and adventures and static environments and recipes and recipes and uh, hilariousness. All in the name to live up to the fact that the game greeted you with an adventurer is you! All in the quest for more victory, more turns, and another day. Well, it has been by my watch, t this was written in 20 2004. It has been 13 years since Kingdom of Loathing once proudly stalked the halls of the internet. Donations only, by the way. You could buy a Mr. A from them, which was 10 bucks, and gave you like plus 10 every stat. And you could stack multiple Mr. A's, um, which I did. I think I had like five Mr. A's eventually over my almost two years-ish of playing, which I got more so just to support Call in the Call universe. Because I had to contact them. I had to try to contact them to get art or some sort of quote from them for that specific uh, episode of Kill Everything, which was a weekly column, one review per week, which meant I beat a video game, beat it, soup to nuts, We're talking at least 40 hours of gameplay every week. for like four years two and a half of which were every week along with all my other columns that I wrote anyway they were impossible to get a hold of because KOL was such a cult hit at that point on the internet um but it's been 13 years until yesterday ladies and gentlemen 
West of Loathing. Now available on, for your Linux distribution, Mint 18.1 or whatever, of your choice. If it runs Steam, then go to the Steam store right now and buy West of Loathing. Let's go to the store page, shall we? I wonder what the fucking audio is for this. itself as a slapstick comedy stick figure Wild West adventure role-playing game similar to other point-and-clickers, but it is undoubtedly not just visually um, instantaneously recognizable as being the progeny of the original creators of the Kingdom of Loathing, but in tone, attitude, and most importantly of all, in the editorial content of the copy that was written for every descriptive box and dialogue and interaction item and inventory and menu screen, etc. All in glorious black and white stick figures set in the Old West with, within 45 seconds, I was completely faithfully in love with this. Came out August 10th, 2017. Runs great on Linux. If you missed Kingdom of Loathing, if you missed, if you look with the right kind of eyes, you can almost see the high watermark where it crested and then broke back. Or... Oh god, I can't believe I can't remember the fucking final... Oh, I'm Richard Harris. Reprise from Camelot. Um, and so it was from sundown to... sun up to sundown. And when you lay your head upon a cot... Perhaps you catch a fading wisp of glory. That was Camelot. If you missed the fading wisp of glory that burned so bright and streaked so vividly across the cold winter blackness of the Montana skies of the internet and the state of the digital art of the medium of the video game during its epoch, its moment, its glorious era, if you missed the Kingdom of Loathing, Now is your chance to both experience the majesty, the wonder, the awe, the transformative drama, the heartbreaking plots, story twists, engaging non-player characters, and incredible, that should be like, incredible, blah, 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 blah. Quests, each detailed beyond your wildest imaginations to read everything is a fetch quest if there is even a fetch quest then despair no more and pay these people the fucking money pay the money's money pay the original creators of Kingdom of Loathing for an all new game West of Loathing now available until August 17th at 10% off at $9.89 it is not like Kingdom of Loathing. It is definitely a um, an inventory, a traditional 
inventory based adventure game a la Sam and Max at the Road a la Full Throttle, etc. Um, it is, for me personally, it is like getting talk, getting the ability to talk to and commune with one of my favorite long lost old friends and have an entirely new conversation with the same familiar well beloved tone, temperament intelligence sparkling sense of humor hilarious irony and um yeah, it's a treat if I ever get my system reset up again I will beat West of Loathing and even if I don't I will beat West of Loathing. But I found it this morning, and now we're breaking the computer. So finally, uh, in this episode, we'll close with storybundle.com. If you go to storybundle.com, that's S-T-O-R-Y-B-U-N-D-L-E.com, Story Bundle works like the Humble Bundle. It And uh, you get to pay whatever you want for the bundle, that's currently on offer, and I think they run for a month. The one that you need to, the one that caught my eye this morning from the Twitter feed was curated by a guy who's done me a good turn uh, once or twice, especially by getting me into a story bundle about uh, three years ago. Um, it is a magnificent thing. You get to name whatever price you want for digital ebooks that are DRM free and run across platforms. So, for instance, after I, I bought this particular story bundle, which I paid the $20 that they recommended, and then I clicked, yes, please donate, you know, whatever percentage of this to the Museum for Video Game History, which I, I'm also two degrees separated from one of the guys who founded that, and Simon Carlos and Story Bundle, and the guys behind Story Bundle did make me a lot of money about three years ago when they were gracious enough to invite me to create the first PDF, not PDF, the first, not just PDF, but Moby and digital um, e-reader compatible and PDF compatible cross-platform iPad, Kindle, and all e-readers and computer-based digital editions of Blue Wizard is About to Die. Um... It was incredibly successful, and I was in a bundle with amazing authors. And that's the thing about Story Bundle. When they do video game books, and they do them pretty frequently, generally every, you know, three months at least, it's a bundle about video games. This bundle, though, particularly got my attention, uh, partially because it was curated by uh, Simon Carlis, legendary figure in game journalism at least to me and uh, my friend and uh, colleague and I I don't even put myself in the same class as the legendary Indiana Jones of Vaporware, Frank Cifaldi Simon Carlos used to be Frank's editor back in the day day. but anyway, this story bundle you can pay whatever you want for it this was curated by Simon Carlos. Let me re- it's called the Summer Smash Game Bundle. Here's what they have to say about it. 
Curated by Simon Carlis, picture, if you will, a secret bookshelf. Three times a year behind a special oak panel, it's refreshed with a ton of fascinating books about video games, as if by magic. Those books span gamuts, from fascinating anthologies to wonderful cultural histories, all the way to single book drill downs on some of the best video games in history. But how, you may ask, would you get access to this wonderful magical bookshelf? Well, it turns out that if you just log on to the internet and go to Story Bundle website, these so-called, quote, video game story bundles, unquote, run thrice in a calendar year, so every four months. And the latest one, available at a pay-what-you-want price, includes exclusive tomes on Undertale and ROM hacking and the first-ever ebook version of the acclaimed Indie by Design interview slash profile book is available. When? When is it available? Well, right now, good sir. You can click here to read much more about the bundle and make sure to click on each cover for reviews, a preview, and a personal note from our curator. So, I spent 20 bucks because that was what they recommended. Here's what you get. Hardcore Gaming 101 presents Sega Arcade Classics Volume 2, which includes Volume 1. Critical Hits, Art Indie Gaming Anthology, Once Upon a Point and Click. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, Kurt Collada, yeah. Zoe, uh, Zoe Jellico. Even that name is very. Familiar. I can't. I can't play Zoe Jellico though. Maybe because I've had such a stressful morning and I've been ranting now for a while. Uh, Once upon a point and click by David L. Craddock. Fallen down, heartache and compassion in Undertale by Joel Couture. The Offworld Collection by Leigh Anderson and Laura Hudson. Independent by Design by Stace Harmon and John Robertson. Boss Fight Books, Kingdom Hearts 2 by Alexa Ray uh, Carriera. Somebody set up a somebody set us up the ROM part one, which should be somebody set up us the ROM, I think, by John Harris. These are some of the best books about modern video gaming from a historical archival slash museum slash semiotic analysis slash gameplay dissection slash blow by blow from some of the best writers who are working in the now expanding field which I am pleased to say I didn't start it but I do have the first I I, I can go to my grave knowing that I had the first fucking widespread single author collection of poetry devoted exclusively to video games ever published um that would be blue wizards about to die but you get all of these drm free and on top like you can literally just down you pay ah, 20 i will donate 20, I, I will pay 20 bucks for these fucking seven great games which i think each uh Hardcore Gaming 101 presents Sega Arcade Classics Volume 2, which includes Volume 1 by Kurt Collada. Um, goes through the entire detailed history of the Sega arcade machines. Covered games include Golden Era Arcade Classics like Pango, Zaxxon, oh god, Zaxxon, Congo Bongo, those are two of my favorites, very obscure, and Flicky, their racing titles, ranging from the classics like Monaco GP, oh, fuck those, and Turbo, up through Hang On and Radmobile, beat-em-ups like My Hero and Arabian Fight, the origins of Sega's Super Scalar line with Subproc 3D and Buck Rogers, oh my god, on the planet of Zoom, overlooked classics like Spatter, 
I don't remember Spatter. Ninja Princess, which I do remember. Bonanza Brothers, which is a fucking classic, all-time masterwork. And Aural, I don't, A-U-R-A-I-L. And the long-forgotten Sonic the Hedgehog arcade game, which I've never seen or played. Also includes the third edition of Sega Arcade Classics Volume 1, revised for 2017 as a bonus. That's just one of the seven fucking books you get in this story bundle, which is available for 13 more days. It is called the Summer Smash Game Bundle. I heartily recommend you pick it up. Um, not just for your, not just because of me and, uh, uh, you know, in interest of full disclosure, yes, I have worked with Story Bundle before, but they are a great cause. They put out a great product, the best product of its kind in the world. Also, insanely enough, the cheapest in the world, which is fucking nuts. You can pay whatever you want for all of these seven game books. I would recommend you pay 20 bucks. That's what they ask. That's their recommended thing. And absolutely be sure to check the box that donates toward, that, that puts a percentage of your purchase price, which you download as a zip. You download all seven of them. And then if you want to have them sent to your Kindle or other e-reader device, you can do that too through the website. Um, takes literally under 45 seconds to pay for the whole thing using PayPal and to get your books on multiple different devices Linux compatible DRM free unbelievable value Um, and this particular batch is particularly good because any video game reference or major history of a game company such as uh uh what, what the fuck was the name of the... Uh, God, I have it here somewhere. Uh, the quintessential history and competing history uh, versus Atari of the origins of the video game by one of the guys behind the video game pre-Atari. Even though it's either Jed Margolin or um, or uh, Owen R. Rubin who still holds the first patent, which you can read all about, including the entire patent description and the number in the uh, quotes page at the front of Blue Wizards About to Die, my own book, which you can't buy anywhere yet, but is coming. Anyway, patent one million something something something, electronic video game. That's either Jed Marglin or, or Owen R. Rubin from Atari who, who filed that patent, and it's in their name, too. But there's this other guy put together a great book on how he invented the video game um, and his history of the technical challenges and stuff that he went through which predates Atari and predates that patent. Um, it's a great book. Full color book. Why can't I remember this? Hang on. One moment. Found it. It's called the the history that I'm thinking of. Call uh, the history book that I'm thinking of is called "Video Games in the Beginning" by Ralph H. Bear, which proudly displays on his cover the inventor of home video games, which is a fascinating read. Um, I mean, really fascinating. I love the explosion of really uh, authoritative, well researched, technically accurate. 
deep dives, especially from a, a, a primary source like this guy, um, that have come out over, literally over the last 15 years. Holy fuck, it can't be 15 years. Blue Wizard came out in 2003. 14 years. Jesus Christ, I have to redo the cover for the fucking 2.0. <coughs> 2.0, the, the Sorcerer's Revenge, the 15th year anniversary edition of Blue Wizard is about to die. But anyway, Video Games in the Beginning by Ralph H. Bear, great book. All of these books, along with the semiotic analysis, and really, um, both from uh, technical, artistic, and design, standpoint, in terms of analysis, theory, and, uh, histories have really exploded since, you know, I mean, it's not because of Blue Wizard. Blue Wizard just happened to be at the forefront of, you know, what we all know and love, that video games are everywhere. Even 14 years ago, they had already, that's how we got on the fucking front page of Advertising Age magazine. You know, at that that point, when Blue Wizard first came out, video games had eclipsed the total market gross for Hollywood and all media. You know, CDs, which were a thing, once upon a time, you actually had a spinning disc. You know, there's a movie on here um, that, that played music. Uh, but anyway, and you had DVDs, which were similar in shape of disc, but they had videos on them. Then you had Blu-ray. And before that, you had LaserDisc. Before that, you had VHS and, you know, the glory of Betamax and Dolby Tape. TDK, baby. Uh, Maxell. But anyway, all of this stuff has exploded. And the best way to stay on top of the be- my favorite stuff, actually, especially over the last five years, to be honest, have been the books that I've seen that are either literal semiotic analyses with a little bit of design theory, underpinning games. I do, lo- I do love how far we've come over the last eight years, specifically, just in terms of the quality and quantity and overall excellence of the histories, but especially of the critical analysis from a game design and game theory standpoint. But all this stuff is now coming to fruition, and if you want a simple shorthand to stay on top of the best writers, the best historians, the best semioticians, the best technical design theorists, the best, essentially, textbooks. Um, this story bundle doesn't have an actual textbook, but it does have a fucking authoritative history in it. Um, the best works inspired by, like, you know, Blue Wizard's About to Die. Prose poems in a motto versus tronic expressions pieces about uh, video games from 2008 to the present day. Um, by Seth Fingers Flynn Barkin. Ah, oh, the greatest genius of his generation! I know, he told me so himself in the mirror this morning while I shaved him.
<laughs> anyway, all of this stuff, if you want a shorthand for staying on top of the best writing about video games, it's impossible. You could do a Google News alert for like book, video game, maybe, and get a bunch of stuff, but the best shit, especially with especially this story bundle curated by Simon Carlos, fucking Oh, you oh, oh I see. You want Simon's resume. I mean Mr. Carlos's resume. Hmm. Let's see, what have you been up to lately, Simon? Apart from being a fucking unfathomable Oakland fucking ooh, ooh. Where are you working at? What's your what's your day job these days? Oh, he's not editing for any major publications anymore, I guess, because there are no major publications anymore that are legit print publications that cover video games. But anyway, you can go to simoncarles.com, S-I-M-O-N-C-A-R-L-E-S-S.com. This guy has been editing in, like, a publication, you know, month by month, managing editing, uh, at major video game magazines for as long as Frank and I have been writing and or thinking about video games. So literally, he appeared on my radar, I think he was working for Nintendo... something magazine. Uh, But he's a heavy hitter. And Gama Sutra and stuff like that. Um, This guy knows games. He curated this story bundle. So if you want a shorthand for every three months or so getting the best writing on video games, and not just the best writing, but like a broad swath of it that is literally the best. Simon doesn't, Mr. Master Carlos doesn't always curate um, the video game story bundles, but he did this, he curated this one, he curated the living fuck out of it. How hard did you curate it? I curated the living fuck out of that story bundle. All I'm saying is, this is not milquetoast, mediocre bullshit. This is a shorthand way to get the best writing about video games for that fiscal quarter for literally an unthinkably pittance worthy amount of $20. Fucking do it, or even less if you want to, if you're a cheap son of a bitch, or you're broke, or whatever. Do it. DRM free. Read them on your computer. Take your mom to the prom or your little sister. Play it with your mom or your granddad. I would play that sound effect right now, but I do not have access to the soundboard because I'm kind of running on a crippled system. So once again, finally, to recap, www.storybundle.com for the next 13 days pay whatever you want the name of the bundle, they have three bundles going on at any given moment, but the Summer Game Summer Smash Game Bundle, which ends in 13 days, 11 hours, 18 minutes, and 16 seconds. Get it. I heartily recommend it. I haven't had a chance to really super dive into any of this stuff, but what the f- I was honored to be paired with four of the truly contemporary, you know, I'm fucking, I'm, I'm dry as dust and almost forgotten. Except I can't stop remembering myself, which is why I stand in this street corner ringing this bell. 
Um, but really the contemporary progenitors. And I, I, I shrink from using that word because it implies that I actually started something, which, you know, in all fairness, n- no, I, as popular as Blue Wizard was, and as pretty cool and as proud I am of the book, especially of this new edition that's coming out soon, which I've been saying for as long as we've been doing the podcast, um, I didn't cause the people that I ended up getting paired with about three years ago for my story bundle, for, for when I they graciously invited me to add Blue Wizard to story bundle, but they were the best uh, minds in video game related uh, culture at the time. I can't, this is three years ago. Fuck. And once the bundle is done, it only runs for a month, the bundle is gone. So, literally, like, the retail value of all seven of these titles, which you can't really buy, um, what? Pay at least $15 to unlock five more books, including three more story bundle exclusives. That's four total exclusives. Support awesome indie authors by paying however much you think their work is worth, which is fucking it's worth it. Read all all of our story bundle books on just about any tablet, e-reader, laptop, or even your smartphone. It is not a literally you can download the hard cop you know, quote unquote hard copies, download the PDFs straight to your computer as you have it. Send, you know, uh copies to your Kindles, etc. 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 Do what you want, no DRM. Um Yeah. This is like going to five... I don't know if they still have Classic Gaming Expo. I was only at one of them where I debuted the pre-publication Galley edition of Blue Wizard About to Die in, I want to say, 2003. Um, Here in Vegas. Since then, it's been held intermittently uh, somewhere in uh, I think the Southern California area. But this is like going to five fucking Classic Gaming Expos. So that's like two days... 24 hours a day, and only spending all your time off the expo floor talking to the best fucking most knowledgeable people like the Blue Sky Rangers or the smartest geeks in the room for all the time that you're not on the floor, then going back to the floor for 24 hours so that's 5 years, 25 alright, so that's 2 days that's 10 24-hour period. So it's 240 hours across five years. Yeah. This is as close to like, oh, the other people from my planet as you are likely to get outside of Raina Lee and John Pham of Epoxy Press. <laughs> I hope they are doing well. One Up Magazine. I have a signed copy of that. They were gracious enough to to let me, uh, to invite me to do a reading at uh, an E3 event that they held in Malibu, I want to say. It was fabulous. Best part of E3 that year, even though I was also on TV twice that year, those TV appearances were a little brutal, a little rugged. And I was doing the first LVC LKE 
live blogging every day, every second, in every way, and I was under the gun for a column that was due, I want to say the third day I was in LA, that had to be done, but could only be done after seeing the... Anyway, I was no greenhorn, not my first time at the rodeo, although that time I think it was. You want hardcore, real deal video game shit, go to storybundle.com right now, 13 more days, get the Summer Smash Bundle. That's all I got for you guys. Sorry that uh, this turned out, out to be a ranty, distressed episode, but fuck it. It's an episode. We're gonna put this up and hope to see you again soon next week, at which point the if God only knows if we're up and running again, once I strip all the PPAs and finally learn how to run Linux as a system, as a real life system administrator, just like Pinocchio. Ah, it's funny. Can't imagine. I cannot imagine me saying that in my most drunk, fucked up moment, unless someone who's asking for my help had just basically said, oh, you know, you need to shut up. You're... You don't know what you're talking about. I'm the expert here. Or something really insulting and snotty like that. Then I could see myself really drunk coming back with something like, wow, 15 years and still a novice. What a waste. Uh." But anyway, thank you especially to MTN Mountain and uh, Crypto Dave or whatever that guy's name was. Um... And everyone from the Linux Mint IRC help channel and uh, go by West of Loathing. Go buy it. An adventurer is you. I will see you in seven more days, not before. <laughs> Second episode in two days and now our system's gone. Ivor, roll the tape. I have to turn Ivor into Susan. Not, I'm not going to turn Ivor into a woman named Susan. I'm going to turn Ivor as a person in a habeas corpus type of way over to Susan for that 15k bounty on. Oh, yeah, uh, Ivor, yeah, I'm out of here. I, I just got to make a phone call to, 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 to uh, Susan from uh, A Call. Yeah. Susan, deal salon? Yeah. Okay. I'll text you the address. He'll be bound, gagged, totally docile. I want 15K. 15K? Oh! He, Ivor's worth $27,000 bounty? What the fuck? I didn't even know I ran up that much debt on his credit cards. See you next week. Ivor, don't run! Later! Four or five times. A good idea. Four or five times. Hi there. There is delight in doing things right four or five times. It is I, E.B. Farnham. Maybe I'll cry. I'll get you a drink. And if I die, I'm gonna try four or five times. Do you like to play? We like to play. I like you. We like to sing. It only runs on Linux. We like to go, yada yada yo, four or five times. Bebop 1 You're becoming hysterical Bebop 2 Yes sir, thank you sir Bebop 3 Yada yada e Four or five times Matt Damon
there is no Windows version of weaponized chess. Boy, this is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. It only runs on Linux. It's not a problem. You alienated part of America. I alienated crazy people. I like it very much. It is I, E.B. Farm. You're becoming hysterical. I'm here. I'm there. I'm fucking everywhere. I'm the Eggman. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.